Aloha party people, you are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 201. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea, a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar in Los Angeles, California. Come get their house specialty, the Raised Mistake. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. This podcast reaches thousands of listeners in over 100 countries every week. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. On this episode, we chat with Ross the Tiki Boss Aliotti while on a road trip to Northern California to talk about our Mount Rushmores. What do we mean by Mount Rushmore? Well, it's our top four lists. Basically, top three plus one extra. Find out what our Mount Rushmore is in horror movies, cocktails, food choices, comedians, and more. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please stop by DesertOasisRoom.com and click on the tip jar. Every tip or donation, no matter the size, is very much appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. And if you'd like to follow our adventures, check out our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash PolynesianPop, where we chronicle events, bars, travel spots, cocktail tutorials, and more. All righty. Let's get into this. Grab a cocktail and join us in the car on a road trip up California's Central Valley. And give it up for our friend, the Tiki Boss. time I have to see your face is probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I already told you I'm feeling very outnumbered in this car right now. <laughs> I don't even know if you, I don't even know if any of this is real. You guys could be taking me somewhere to kill me. We could be. Some sort of Filipino sacrifice. <laughs> but we don't, we don't just kill you right away. We have fun with you first. <laughs> it's like some ancient proverb where you need a half Italian, half Mexican, and you've been slowly building the relationship with me to get me comfortable enough over the years building that trust and you have to take him back to his place of birth so it's it's a weird promise <laughs> or uh it's like we have to find the half Thai and half mexican remove him from arizona take him back to his place of birth do strange things to him then murder him and then murder him yep yep you know how it works so you got it <laughs> That's really a dark place that I just went. <laughs> dark speaking of dark places. Uh-huh. I want to do a what I think would be fun is a Mount Rushmore episode. And what does that mean? What does a Mount Rushmore episode mean? 
Our I, top four, right? All right. Your top yeah. Four? Top four. Who? Who's? What are the top four? Yeah. And and this is why I say, speaking of dark places, the first thing that popped into my mind. Mount Rushmore of, and we have all kinds of topics here, and this one, which we never pre-discussed, horror movies. Hmm. What's your Mount Rushmore horror movies? Ooh, Mount Rushmore horror movies. Okay, not being a huge fan of horror, I hope I don't upset any real horror fans with my shitty thoughts because I, I am a fan of classics. films. There are I'm, some classics, though, right? Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily need to be your. So yeah, so that's a good question. So are we saying what do we consider to be like the the beloved classics, even if they're not our favorites, or is this our uh, personal? Uh, well, you're 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 for okay. Well, Night of the Living Dead is without a doubt oh, one of my favorite horror movies that's a of great all time. One. I watch it every Halloween. I just watched it recently. Um, and I know a lot of people prefer the sequel, Day of the Dead, to the Night of the Living Dead, but I am a Night of the Living Dead fan. Oh, uh, I like Night of the Living Dead. Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead, similar name. Okay. Again, another movie where it seems like a lot of people prefer the sequel to the original, but I prefer the original. Let's see, and I, I feel like a, like we should go old school with one. Like, what's a really old school Psycho? I was thinking older than that, like the Universal monster kind of movies, like Dracula or something. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah, Psycho's a classic too. Um, but is it? I, in I, I have Mount to Rushmore. throw a Nightmare on Elm Street up there, and again, I know that's a movie that's that on my Mount Rushmore. Mes- many people might not consider a classic, but I saw that movie for the first time when I was I, I want to say around I don't know. When did it come out? Like eighty four. I, I was probably like eight or nine years old when I saw it. Um, I think I saw it a little while after it had been out, like on Showtime or VHS or something. But and for all those children out there, that's a video cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember being so afraid. My friend told me we were watching a comedy. And oh so really? I, yes. And I don't know if he was bullshitting me or if he just didn't know what we were watching. I never asked him, but. It was about 10 houses down from where I lived. We went to his house, and I just remember from the minute that movie started until the end, I don't know if we spoke. We were just really quiet, silent, scared out of our minds. I'd never seen anything so creepy in my life. And I, I was so afraid that when the movie was over, I, I, I drove home on my bike, 10 houses down, and I just fell for no reason. My bike just plopped right over, and I fell to the floor onto the, onto the street. Because I was so afraid, I, I couldn't even ride. I couldn't even like steer my bike home. Yeah, that's 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 true terror. Right, I was truly afraid. So even though looking back, I, I when I've seen A Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't I don't know that it's one of the top four horror films of all time, particularly for those who enjoy horror. But it's got to be on my list. But just it's for on that your story. list. But here's the thing that's groundbreaking about that movie for me. Uh huh. Is that if it's going to be happening in your dreams, then there's no rules. Right. I remember the scene where he had these super long arms. Yeah. And I thought, That's of course, you're in a dream. Right. right? So right. Uh, it, it just changes how you could tell the story. Right. Well, it's, it's all those horrible things that you have in nightmares. Like you might, like you said, point out, so, see something like somebody with really long arms or something that you'd never see, but it's not real. You wake up. So the idea of those horrifying dreams actually being able to kill you and maybe you don't wake up, it's a, it's a scary um, right. concept for sure. Right. Um, 
and you know just I, you know that was a long time ago so since then special effects and things have gone a long way but at the time just seeing just his his charred up face and the glove and the whole movie's kind of dark and right it's I, I remember the scene where they pull Johnny Depp into the bed and then blood just splatters I mean, just right. way more blood than probably anybody has in their body it's not right. even realistic <laughs> but it's like it, it just, that's oh, right man it freaked me out it was a geyser out. yeah it's a geyser of blood um and uh let's see what would be number 4 I don't know get your list started I I need to think of All right four. so I I'm going to go back to Nightmare on Elm Street is one of them for me okay I'm going to go back to my youth as well Halloween mm that that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid yeah um Friday the 13th was another one All right so the so three I'm at main three monsters. Right there. I'm at three right there, but so these were all '80s, the three things, '80s like. monsters. So yeah. a lot of the, the, a lot of movies that are my favorites, not that these are my favorites, but a lot of movies that are my favorites come from nostalgia, right? Sure. So those are three. the The fourth one, I'm not really sure. I did, I do like the Night of the Living Dead, but then we can also go into some stuff that's like really. Um, I don't know. Like when I was a kid, like the and even as an adult, I still don't like seeing Linda Blair's face <laughs> as a possessed girl from The Exorcist. Right, right. It still freaks me out when I see that face. You know, I saw The Exorcist really young, and and I knew what it was, and I was prepared to be really scared. But I, I think at that point in my life I was so young that I don't really think I understood the depths of what I was watching because it didn't scare me I was I was thinking oh really yeah I was thinking like I was going to be frightened by the gore and and you know things that jump out at you but it really isn't that kind of terror I think you really right. have to really look at it from a spiritual standpoint and what's happening and I don't think that I was mature enough to probably take that all in at the time so I remember it ending and I saw it with my mom of all people and she was freaked out. I think she was trying to freak me out. Maybe that was me just being rebellious too. Like I'm not going to be afraid, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't stay with me. And a lot of movies did when I was a kid. I, re, I would, there Dude, were movies that, and that's one of the reasons I don't think I'm a big fan of horror movies is that growing up, there were movies that just stuck with me for years and just, well, the, so the exorcist is probably the only one that stuck with me my mm. whole life. And it pisses me off that these young kids these days. <laughs> this is turning into an old fogey uh, podcast real fast. Well, you VHS know, VHS and <laughs> when they had their, I don't know if it was the 25th anniversary or the 30th or whatever anniversary it was, and then they they re-released it with unseen footage before, right? I which remember I believe this. was the spider walk of her going down the staircase, and then they put it in theaters. You know the young people were laughing, yeah, because I, yeah. because the effects were just not as advanced as they are today, right? With CGI right. and stuff, and I remember thinking like, "You assholes, <laughs> <laughs> you should be scared. You should be as scared as I was." That you're, movie wrecked me. You realize it's you that sounds like the asshole now. <laughs> I know it is. Now, now, now I know I've said my top four, but. Maybe you said three, help, right? Oh no, to you did say you four. Come along, right? With your last one, what do you think about the more current horror movies like Paranormal mm. Experience? And then there was the Blair Witch Project, which was billed as a true story. Yeah, I feel like that kind of kicked it off, right? Like, 
Blair Witch, I think, was made for almost nothing and made a ton of money. So I think it kicked off a lot of those newer kind of found footage films and like the paranormal movies. And then we got into a lot of like the, the remakes of the Japanese stuff, like The yeah. Ring and the Ring stuff like and that. Annabelle. Uh, you know, I haven't that. seen a lot. I saw The Conjuring on accident. I haven't seen any of the spinoffs. I thought it was I thought it was kind of cool. You know, that's one of, again, those like jump out at you kind of movies, which keeps you at the edge of your seat. I don't like I don't love that feeling. I know some people do just. Constantly people like, being people se- like to be scared because right. they think just it's on thrilling. The, on the seat of your chair, knowing that any minute something's going to jump out at you, I just, I don't, I don't personally love all that. I really thought the Blair Witch Project was super scary, and again, that's another I one of those movies where people didn't. But like, you know why I thought it was scary? Why I thought it was scary because they they were marketing it as a true story, right? And even though you know it's not, when I watched it, I put myself into the place of those people, and I thought if I was. Just first of all, being in the woods by yourself in the dark is scary as shit. Right. And then with all the stuff that was going on, the way it ends, spoiler alert for a 20-year-old movie, no, but it, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, it, that one I enjoyed. But um, I also remember kind of like, you know, the, there was the 90s where it went after Scream came out and then all the follow, all the sequels to Scream. Right. That was a cool little era when I was going to the theaters, dating. I, I remember I saw the... Uh, the Final Destination movies. I know what you did last summer. Right. Uh, you know, those were kind of some fun horror. I asked this question to a friend a couple of days ago during Halloween, and he answered with some movies that are not typical, I thought. He said Alien and Jaws. Oh, that's interesting. Right. And I thought, well, I guess... The, and I said, Alien? Is that a horror movie? I consider more sci-fi. He's like, Would well, you know, is it not scary? And I was like, yeah, I guess it's kind of... Sci-fi horror, for sure. I, I, I view that more as a sci-fi. But what about Jaws? Uh, I've never thought of that as a horror movie. But it, I didn't either. But he, do you think it? When he said that, I'm like, what else do you categorize it as? Thriller. It's not a comedy. I thought it was more of okay, a thriller. thriller. Yeah, maybe that's a good one. And then he said Silence of the Lambs, and he's naming all these movies. That oh, I don't, Silence of the Lambs, I would say, is a horror movie. Would you say it's a horror movie? But then that, See, that I, could I, also I be that classified a as a thriller. Yeah, or... Um, but this is the same thing as when you look at a movie and you say, is this considered a Christmas movie? Yeah. Right? Like Die Hard. <laughs> right. Like Home Alone. Yeah. Is that a Christmas... For some people, that's I a Christmas movie. I hadn't forever, and my brother always did, and I watched it recently, and I was like, how do you not? It's, it's Christmassy as shit. I think it's just... Because of all the stuff that takes place, like particularly towards the end of the movie, it's totally a Christmas movie, and yeah. I never thought it was right until I never had it on my list of Christmas movies until recently. Right, but but um, I don't know. I'm a lot more open with Christmas. I was like, if it if there's if there's anything Christmas going on in the movie, it's a Christmas movie. So is this your your fourth slot? Is it like? Elf or something? Oh, then? Elf. Let's see. Let's let's <laughs> fill in the fourth slot. Like, what do I uh, fill in the fourth slot? This turned into porn real quick. <laughs> um, shows you where my mind is. Oh, God, what is... Those first three came really fast, and now I... It's... Yeah, the porn references are not getting any, any better. I don't know. I can't think of a fourth one. Okay. I can't think of one, what's... I mean... I know, I know. Maybe something like Silence of the Lambs, if you consider that a, a horror film. I, I consider that a horror I, film. I know if I thought hard enough, I'd probably come up with one that. I, I, a lot of horror movies, I, I, I. Maybe Blair Witch. That stuck with me. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and go with okay. Blair Witch. 
So that's number four for you. Yeah. All right, let, let, let's 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 uh, let's think of our other Mount Rushmores here. Okay. Uh, along this vein. What'd you say? Along this vein. Along this vein. It's still getting weird. <laughs> Along this vein, the main vein, the main vein. that I got to drain. <laughs> um, the main vein that I got to drain. Let's talk about your Mount Rushmore of cocktails. How about cocktails? Let's do something yeah. fun. That's hard, too. I'll start. Okay, yeah, you go. I want to say probably my number one of the four is a raised mistake. Okay. My number two would probably be yeah number one because it's it is it's it's unique right you can't get it anywhere else. I love the story behind it. I love the flavor profile. I love its simplicity. I love everything about it. Ray's mistake. My number two would probably be a daiquiri. Okay. Because a daiquiri is so classic. It's a simple three ingredient cocktail that has survived. What it's it's probably 150 years old at this point, yeah. right? I'm just saying, yeah, I don't know. Off so it's head, been around. Yeah, it's it's been around. It, it it was around before prohibition, survived prohibition, and then survived all of the uh, the devolution of of sure. mixology throughout the 70s and, there 80s are numerous and 90s. Versions, but we're talking about the classic. I'm talking about a classic daiquiri. daiquiri. I'm not talking about like something that's blended with strawberries. Right. right? <laughs> so um, those are my first two. I like drinks that are very citrusy and balanced, bright. I don't know. It's hard for me to like. It really is. Like I, I don't even know where to go with this one. Like I just. Because there's a part of me that just wants to lay down, like, the foundational classic cocktails. But then I want to throw in something like a Jet Pilot. Or no, I really like the Tropicals. And I really, I, I, I keep well, I thinking of Tiki Tea drinks. Yeah. Like a Puka Punch is another one. So maybe that'll be my number three. So I've already got two Tiki Tea drinks on my, my Mount Rushmore. I don't think you can do that. That's against the rules. I can do that? <laughs> no, you're making this up. It's up to you. You can do whatever you want. Okay, but. so let's let's do... This is like, just turning into Let's a, fill in number tea. four. Um, shoot, this one's really... This one's kind of tough. I think, I think the margarita is a classic cocktail. It's a well-balanced... Everybody loves it. It's been popular for many years for a reason. You can use a variety of different versions of that spirit or agave spirits, and it's always different, but it's always good. Simple. Well, let's think complex. about the categories, right? So we have we have our three ingredient drinks like um, like the daiquiri, or or some kind of a mule, or. Well, what are, there are, like, mother sauces. There are the original, it's like, what, five original cocktails. Right. The old-fashioned being one of them. Old-fashioned. I think. I thought about that. What's the others? I can't even remember off the top of my head right now. Probably should have done a little bit of studying before we, and the old-fashioned has got to be up there, too, right, on the, on the. It's uh, not going to be in my top four. Not going to be in your, um. No. Wow. Okay. I, because in the, the old-fashioned is very spirit-dependent. Yeah, you're not a you're not a real stirred 
well, spirit so forward. I like, I like, I like, I, I have to be in the mood for it. Right. But I, I like, I like bourbon. Right. And I like bourbon more than I like rum, believe it or not. But, you know, if, give me a good aged rum. Uh, and I'll be okay with that. I like rum old fashioned. Do you like drinking bourbon straight or only in a cocktail? Oh, I'll drink bourbon neat. Well, then if you drink bourbon neat, all really you know, old fashioned is is bourbon neat with a little diluted a little bit with some bitters and and, and, and a little some sugar. bit of, and a little bit of sugar. Yeah, but uh, it's not in my top four because okay. it, it wouldn't be one of my go tos if if I were deserted on an island, but I still had access to four cocktails and only four cocktails. I don't think that I would <laughs> choose that as one of them. You better choose water as one of them. Ray's mistake. Well, believe really it or not, maybe like... So here's the thing. I've always said that I was not really much a fan of the Mai Tai. Yeah. But that's because I don't always get good Mai Tais. But if I get a really good Mai Tai... Yeah. Then maybe that'll make the list, you know, because it's a classic. It's such a classic. Okay. Right? So let's see. We got... Let, let's, let's put that on the list. Let's pick one from, from Vic. Let's pick one from Don. What would be the Don drink? I I mean personally for me, I mean the classic is the zombie. That's the one. That, but uh, I like the Jet Pilot. I've gone back and forth because the Jet Pilot for everybody out there that knows is essentially the same ingredients as a zombie minus the grenadine in slightly different um, ratios. But I think it it it's not. It's a little bit more. Um, approachable than than the zombie. Like you're gonna have more, you can have a, a a jet pilot and keep going. Whereas if you have a zombie or two, you're gonna you're gonna be done really quickly. So I don't know. It's got to be one of those two for me. Um, I'd say if you're talking about story and the classic, you probably got to go with the zombie. But I I love the jet pilot. I think that's Don's. Okay. Well, actually, no. What am I talking about? Don was the. Uh, the test pilot and the jet pilot that I love actually is a Steve Crane drink. So yeah, so Don's drink's got to be the zombie. Yeah, okay, the zombie. So there you go. Um, I don't think that that would be my fourth one, but God, I'm really trying not to pick another tiki tea drink. So is the is the mai tai your Vicks drink? I suppose we're just I really, going really, I really typical here. I really, I'm I'm putting that on for legacy history. Uh, and a, a really well-made Mai Tai, a good-made Mai Tai, uh, I'm, I'm okay with. Um, all right. Uh, the fourth one, I'm just going to throw this out there like a missionary's downfall Ooh, okay. style drink. Um, because it's similar to a mojito. Right. So Those little bits of mint don't bug you from getting your teeth. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. But I, I love the mojito as well. Clean, refreshing. I love a good mojito. Right. And the Missionary's Downfall is the tropical twist to that, I think. so. Speaking of mojitos, I had one of the best mojitos I've had in a long time. Joseph was there when we were at, uh, shout out to Highball in Phoenix. We were out there drinking some uh, Tanduai Silver the other day and trying to figure out what to put it in. And we said, try it in a mojito. And uh, my buddy there, one of the bartenders, Casey, just whipped up a mojito really quickly. And I hadn't had one in so long. And it was so good. Yeah, so I haven't good. had a mojito in a long time. And a good mojito is refreshing on a, so, on a, yeah. Yeah, I just kind of forgot, like, and Casey made it expertly, which, you know, it's, you might say, well, it's not the most um, difficult drink to make, but he just nailed it. It was awesome. 
Awesome. Did we get your four already? Was that four? Drinks? I've just been kind of going along with... Uh, I don't know that I've stated mine. I've, I, I've definitely told you that a Jet Pilot is one of my favorite drinks. i got to throw an old-fashioned up there. Um, I know I've talked about the margarita really quickly. Foof. Uh, gorilla know. fart? Gorilla fart? <laughs> <laughs> I Ka- feel like I'm drawing, a, I'm drawing a blank on so many tea. things right now. because. <laughs> Sex on the beach? Uh, normally, I sex, <laughs> probably have like 10 and try to whittle it down to four, but I, I can't even get to four right now. My And also, uh, I'm on, as we're all on very little sleep right now, so my brain is not functioning at 100%. I know as soon as we end this, I'll think of all the delicious and, and amazing cocktails. That's how it always works. As soon as it's over, we're like, oh, we should have said this, we should have said that. Well, my mind's on tiki right now, too, because of what we're headed towards, which is a tiki event, but I know that a lot of my favorite cocktails are not necessarily tiki cocktails, but I'm just drawing a blank on what they are. Right yeah. Now. All right. Well, well, we could, we could leave it at that. So, so far I'm seeing a pattern here. We have three horror movies <laughs> and we have yeah. three cocktails. I can't figure out my fourth. <laughs> There's a reason why one of those heads on Mount Rushmore doesn't look like it belongs. Like, <laughs> the, okay. the, late, the late edition. So three, things always work better in threes. Seen Rocky right. Four? <laughs> That's right. That's Seen right. Superman I will four? break you. That was Drago was in Rocky Four. You know, I thought Rocky Four was great until the last time I watched it. But I know there's a lot of Rocky Four fans out there. So if you don't tr- trust me on Rocky, li- uh, Superman Four has got to be one of the worst sequels. I never watched You've Superman never seen Four. Superman I never got 4? that far. The Quest after for I, Peace. After I got to Superman Three, had Richard Pryor, yeah. right? So after that, I thought, okay, that's enough. I, <laughs> I yeah, think a lot of people enough. felt that that's way. But I so, loved Richard Pryor, and I was so young when I grew up. I I loved that Richard Pryor version. But yeah, Superman Four is unwatchable. Okay, uh, did didn't watch that one. Um, but okay, so here's here's one that I want to talk about. Okay, I want to talk about TV. Mm. Mount Rushmore TV TV shows. I I can already there's there's quite a few that I like. This is hard. I'm gonna start with Breaking Bad. Okay. Uh, that's gonna be my number one, I think. Wow. Or up there. Yeah. Uh, probably my number Common two answer. would be because it's fun. Seinfeld. Yeah. Number three. Three's Company. Good show. That was fucking hilarious, yep. right? And a lot of the jokes you can't say today. They're too, <laughs> they're too raunchy for. It's not a lot you can say today. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, okay, Three's Company, number four, and this is goes back to nostalgia. And I'm gonna get shit for this. I know I'm gonna get shit for this. Let, let's. I'm gonna. This is gonna be a tie for number four. Okay. It's gonna be tied between the Brady Bunch. And Gilligan's Island. But as a tiki guy, I'll give Gilligan's mm. Island a little bit of the the nod. Anybody who knows you is not going to give you shit for any of those answers. <laughs> those are totally <laughs> what you would expect from Adrian really? Eustachio if yeah, you know you I know, at all. I watch dumb shit. If I just met you, I'd be like, those are kind of <laughs> weird. But no, I was like, of course your favorite show is Brady. And don't get me wrong, I love Brady Bunch. <laughs> I grew up, you know, I think, I don't know if there, I don't think new Brady Bunches were on back then, but I grew up watching <clears throat> reruns of both of those shows in the morning. Um, 
I, so I love them both, but my my this is one's easy for me. Okay. Um, so you can give me four, not three. I will give you four without right. even having to think about it too hard. The Twilight Zone. Okay. I love Lucy. Sopranos and Seinfeld. Those are my okay. top four. All right. TV shows of all time. Now here's the thing. Yeah. We we touched on this briefly before we started recording, right? And somehow or another, I got stuck on sitcoms, uh huh, with the exception of Breaking Bad, but it's still a series, right? Right. But I also love my love me a good season of Master Chef. Yeah, me too. And and, food and competition a lot, shows are my shit. Yeah, food competition shows, um, they are addicting to me. So maybe that that'll be a good runner-up for me, Master Chef, because I love anything Gordon Ramsay. I could just rank my top four food competition shows. Like, all right, where are they? Oof, um, Iron Chef. <sighs> top Chef is probably top chef? and which is funny is because as long as I've been watching um, food competition shows, I had never seen Top Chef till the pandemic, and then I, I think the first season is like two thousand four or five or six. I mean, there's. You watch season one, it's not even HD, it's all, everybody looks young. I watched all, I think there's 18 seasons, something like that. I watched all of them um, in about, I don't know, a month and a half, two months during COVID. Uh, okay. But yeah, that that became one of my favorites. Uh, God, do I love, do I love MasterChef more than, yeah, Iron Chef's got to be one of them, right? Especially the original Iron Chef. Original? Yeah, you know, the non-American version. Okay. With Kenichi yeah, yeah, and yeah, Morimoto yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. a, what was it? A, I forgot the other guy, the French guy. Um, that's so. Uh, that's two. Yeah, it's got to be one of the Gordon Ramsay shows. I don't know if it's Master Chef or Hell's Kitchen. I got to go Hell's Kitchen. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd say so. Let's just because well, the drama. And just the silliness involved in that show. And also, it's been on so long, it's one of the first ones I started watching. Let me ask you, do yep. you ever watch uh, Robert Irvine? Yeah, I've, I've seen all of his shows. I used to I'm a like, big Food really, Network fan. I used to really be addicted to his stuff uh-huh. until I, I got really into Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. And they're just not the same level to me. No. Like, Gordon Ramsay's the shit. Yeah. You don't well, fuck with Gordon Ramsay. No, they do different sh- stuff for the most part, but Kitchen Nightmares, Gordon Ramsay show was very similar to a uh, Restaurant Impossible. Restaurant Impossible, yeah. And and Gordon Ramsay show is is better, I think. Um, but also, I don't know. They're both so formulaic, right? You know, they start off by showing how shitty everything is, and then they step in, and the owner's a hot mess, and somebody gets yelled at. They refurb the restaurant bring the families together and then walk away after a successful <laughs> uh, reopening. Right. And then three months later, the restaurant's out of business. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Right. Do you go back and look, though, when you watch those shows? I always have to pull out my phone and because, you know, they'll give you an update, but it's like a three month later update. Oh, but if I'm I watching always, an episode that's like two years old. I need to know, like, okay, is this place still around? I always want to know. You got to know, right? I you, always want to. You can't know. just turn the TV off and go into something else. You got to. I read Yelp reviews. I'm like, okay, let's see what's going on with this so, place. So lately, 
and I, I don't know how this ended up happening, you know, a long time ago, 15 years ago or whenever it was. I think it was about 15 years ago. Yeah. I was watching To Catch a Predator, right, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> on Dateline. And I love that show. I love watching these, like, older guys who are trying to, like, you know. It's hard not to get addicted to watching those. To, to, it's like a train wreck, right? Yeah. These guys are, like, throwing their lives away for some stupid. When each one's so short, what is it, like, an eight-minute segment or something like that? So you could just get caught up watching, like, seven or nine guys. Well, here's the down. thing. They're all on YouTube now. Oh, man. And if you watch the uncut series, yeah. they can be, like, an hour long. And, and what it is is it's all the uncut footage in addition to their interrogation and wow. seeing them like being grilled by the cops which which is fascinating to me right seeing how they try to make excuses and think that they're going to find a way out of it you know um, but you anyway wanna, you so, want to hear a funny story about that before we move on to a different topic yes so i uh, so i work for um, a bank and i um, i'm uh, do training for uh, employees of the bank and one of my peers who I used to work with her husband was on shut up <laughs> to catch a predator wow as as somebody that got busted got busted not somebody while that was they on were the production so, so she came into work and she was also a trainer uh-huh. and just assumed that the entire class had seen the episode and started the day by telling her whole class Yes, before we need to get in here, that was my husband last night. We're staying wow. together and we're making it work. Apparently, she never seen the episode. Oh, well, that would have changed everything. He was wearing a shirt with the bank's logo on it. Oh, my God. In the episode. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, and if she saw the episode, I guarantee there's no working it out. I guarantee that her attitude would be completely different. He, ha he was fired from his job, had to register as a sex offender, and they moved... To out of state to open a church together. To open a church. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You can't make this stuff up. So here's the thing. This is why I brought this up. Real talk. This is. These are the one, things that I look up. What happened to those guys? Right. <laughs> because I want to know what happened to the rabbi that got caught. Right. <laughs> or what happened to the teacher that got caught? Uh, or the doctor? Because there was a doctor that got caught too. Like, they threw away their lives. You know. Right. The rabbi, by the way, according to an update that I saw on Reddit, he went from becoming a rabbi to becoming a light bulb salesman. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even know there's a job. Well, he's still enlightening, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, a light bulb salesman. Like, who? Who is your customer? The only thing I think of is that he's working in a distributor that's selling light bulbs to Home Depot, right? <laughs> And even then, Home Depot doesn't need to. Do they need to talk to a salesperson? How many they light just place bulbs? Place an order, right? You gotta sell to make a living. Exactly, That's a lot of bulbs. That's a lot of bulbs. That's a lot of bulbs. I mean, what are you making? Like a two cent commission per bulb? It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bulbs. And then they have to keep up with technology, changing from incandescent <laughs> to fluorescent, fluorescent to LED. Oh, There's oh like my god! Old school bulb salesmen that are still trying to won't come up with the times. <laughs> refuse to sell the newer ones They're like i know these are pricier they're not gonna last as long but look at that glow there you go there you go <laughs> that's an authentic glow well you know i, I think we've talked before the, fu the funniest thing to me on uh the predator show is the guys that get caught twice <laughs> yes they get caught 
they get arrested. They're on TV. They've been shamed. All of their coworkers and friends and family have seen them. And then they get arrested again. Or sometimes in the same show, right? Like, there was they go one to jail, guy who get got released, caught. they go back out and do it again the same night or the next yeah, day. Yeah, he got caught twice within a 24-hour period. <laughs> How does that happen? Yes. How does that happen? Oh, my God. How well, does that happen? That it's... Okay, well... Like, and then, you know, they're all apologetic the first time. And then they're... This time I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this time. You didn't mean it 18 hours ago when right. you did the exact same thing? Right. Or, or how they are like, um, I was just here to talk. What's in the bag? Oh, uh, lube, chains, Condoms. rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> but we were just going to, you know, Yeah, we were take, just going to hang out. Rope. Oh, we were just going to hang out. <laughs> uh, whips. It's like, yeah. Oh, I just was going to talk. That's it. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Oh, we're just here. We're going to watch movies and stuff. Okay. What's in the bag? Uh, tall cans and a little bit of weed and... <laughs> Oh my God! All right, couple so, chokers. Let, let's 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 change it to a lighter subject. Okay. Let's do our top four Mount Rushmore, top four sex toys. No, I'm kidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> another. Uh, that's outside the desert oasis. <laughs> outside the desert oasis room. Uh, let's let's think about uh, let let's think about like if you were to if you were to if you woke up with a billion dollars. One billion dollars. One billion dollars. Top four things that you would spend the rest of your life doing. Oh, good God. You're going to put me on the spot. Like Travel? Say, travel, of course. Yeah. I mean... I'd so open it, like a... I'd, I'd probably open a... a My own like tiki bar slash restaurant... Oh, slash sure. venue or whatever, but it would not necessarily be open to the public. It would oh. just be my playground. Okay, for me and my friends, and you know, um, you want to come over and make drinks. You know, like I'd hire a kind chef. Kind of what you already have, only like a, on a grander scale. Hire a chef, have a drink program, the whole thing. But it's just for it's just for us. Okay, you know, well, I'm gonna hold to you enjoy. to that if you ever win this billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I would definitely own restaurants and bars. I think that's the only kind of people, honestly, that should. There's so few people that make money in that industry. So you'd still, you'd basically still work because yeah. then you would open businesses. Yeah, I mean, you know, there would be somebody running them for me. I mean, I guess technically, I'm going to call bullshit. I'd be the owner. You're a billionaire. I'm going to call bullshit. Why? Because a billion a billion dollars. You know how much money that is? Yeah. A billion dollars is a thousand million. That means you make a million dollars a year for a thousand years. I know. You don't have to work. I would. I. I love that industry so much that I would want to have my own places. I, again, I would. Be, I would have be very hands off. I'd own them in pretty much name only, but they'd be mine. Somebody else would be running them. I'd. Uh, you know, I might. I might be involved. Once a year to get some updates, but when you say work, I'm going to be doing very, very little work. You're just going to own them. the businesses. Yeah, now. I'm going to own. I would own restaurants and bars. Okay. Um, and again, because one of the reasons I would do it is because I wouldn't be beholden to them. I would not have to do. You know, if they failed, you know, it, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be losing my house and my shirt. I would, of course, care about my employees, and but I would pr try to put them into something different. I would. 
I, I could risk losing. If I had a billion dollars, I could open up businesses without worrying restaurants and bars that are just purely artistic or from ideas and just purely from my imagination without having to worry about making a living from them. Okay. And it's so difficult for, you know, most bars and restaurants, even the successful ones go out of business after a while. It's very small margins, difficult dealing with. So just, just to be able to do it, have those. And, um, I know this probably sounds, I don't know. I mean, the, the logistics and the reality of it's probably a whole other thing because with being so hands off, I just probably have employees stealing from me left and right, running my businesses into the ground. But it, it sounds like uh, it sounds it sounds nice. Okay. When you like a place where I like right now, we're just driving right now, just like, and we're hungry or you know or you know, want to check out a really cool, interesting bar. And I say, you know what, just get off two exits here. I own a place. We're just gonna drop in. But this, that's the thing, though. As a billionaire, you can do that anyway. Right, but it's not yours. I want it to be mine. I want it to be my. Because now I get to show it off to you guys. Okay. I get to go, look look at this thing that I have. It's mine. Okay. All right. So uh, is that your number one? No, travel is definitely the number one. Number one is travel. Number two is owning a business. Yeah, I don't even know if that's owning number two. Owning bars and restaurants. Okay. Let's see. It might not even make top four. I, we went off on a ta- I went off on a tangent there. Um, I mean, you know, taking care of family is obviously, is that too cheesy to that's say? That's a like, given. That's, I, yeah, well. You don't even need to include that, right? Because that's just... But that's time consuming and it and it's also emotionally draining. It's it's something that you're going to do. Yeah, I think that that's a given. Um, I mean, that obviously you're going to take care of yourself. Right. I think that's all a given. I think like to say four bullet points. Right. Um, so a travel is definitely on the top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the owning a business kind of thing. I don't know if like the bar and restaurant thing. Maybe, I guess, because that's that's the world that we like to live in, right? Yeah. We like to go to bars. We like to, to eat out. Um, it's where my passion is. Would you start in food and drink and hospitality? As somebody who collects tiki mugs, would you start some kind of a new collection? Would you collect something that you couldn't, like cars, for example? I don't know. I'm not. I, yeah, I probably would collect something because I've always been kind of a collector. I'm not a big car guy, but... Maybe if I had those, you know, that kind of money, maybe I would become. I'd I'd probably rather collect homes than cars. I'd it'd probably be. Real, I'd collect homes all real over the country, and real estate, and you know, just. Um, I love how I, none I of our answer, none of our answers involve philanthropy. any philanthropy. Yeah, I've already I'm thinking about it. It's number four. It's in there. It's in there. Right? I was getting to it, Adrian. Feed, feed that dude on the corner of First and Main. Would help some people as long as they get a good tax write off. Would you volunteer time? See, I think that that's probably there are commodities that I think are more valuable than money. Right. I've said to you before, I think emotion is a currency that's more valuable than money. And I think time is an even more valuable currency than emotion. So asking me to volunteer time, if I were a billionaire, I'd probably just throw money at it. Yeah. It's 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 very honest of you, but I'd like to say that I would have more time to volunteer since I don't have a job type job job but the reality is when you're that have a, you, you probably would just throw money at it 
right? You, you wouldn't enter the race to space and try to build a well. We talked about this. And- we talked about this earlier, where you're just like, yeah, buy a home warranty. Fuck yeah, I'll buy the home warranty. Yeah. I don't want to fix shit. Yeah, right. Like same mentality. Just throw money at it. You same know, mentality. Same so mentality. You wouldn't build a spacecraft and try to get up there like Jeff Bezos and well, Elon Musk. Technically, and- that could be part of travel. I think you need a lot more than a billion for that. Honestly, oh, the, the billion's not going to be yeah, enough. A billion's not going to get you into the space. Technically, race. that would be part of travel, but okay. I don't need to travel to that extent. I don't think I'll see as much as I would want to see before I die. Yeah, you know, if you think about how many places there are in the world Start to see. On a time machine, brother. Look, I'm I'm in my 50s. If I live to be another 25 years, right? Let's just say it's another 20. Let's just say 30 years. Okay. Okay. Um, that would mean that if I had the opportunity to visit a different place every year for the next 30 years, I only have 30 choices. And if we double that, and I get to I'm fortunate enough to travel t- to two different places in the world over the next 30 years. I only have 60 choices. And I'm pretty sure there's more on my list than 60 places I'd like to see. You know, I'm sure yeah. you could come up with 60 places. Sure. I don't need to add space to that list. No, you know? I, 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 that's literally what I would do. Like you said, you're 50. I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s now. I feel like with the time I have left, I could travel to somewhere new every week and still not see half the places that I like to see before I die. So I'd, I'd be traveling a lot, meeting different people, different cultures, eating different foods getting out there and just seeing the world yeah 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 i i think that's the way to go i mean all these houses that i suppose they own i'd probably never be in them true well then there's the philanthropy part <laughs> that's that's when we start putting people in them <laughs> hey hey <laughs> that's what my cats saw when we took the stray in they're yeah. like, what the hell? You're bringing homeless people right. in here now? <laughs> that was you one day, too, fool. <laughs> How about your Mount Rushmore of um, food dishes? Like, oh, okay. Let's talk about that. Well, this kind of t- this kind of gets into what you've we've talked about before, like the the death row death meal. Right? meal? Like, so I guess it's not okay. So this answer is tricky because what I crave is, is going to change from day to day. Right. Right. But let's put it on the tropical island or deserted island perspective. If you could only have four, what's your Mount Rushmore? We can even say genres. We don't even have to say, we don't even have to say like, Double doubles, okay. or we don't even have to say. So I need you know, T-bone steak. Yeah, you could say. Food. Yeah, like I was even just going to say to the point. Yeah, seafood for sure. Yeah, seafood is my favorite. Love seafood, and I'll just say steak. I'm getting so I'm just like I just surf and turfed myself. Again, really plain, but you know, it, they're popular for a reason. Okay, and probably the foods from my two ethnicities, like Italian food and Mexican food. I feel like if I had Italian food, Mexican food. Made up of steak and seafood for the rest of my life, I would be a happy person. All right, my four. So rich, though. My four. I have to say Filipino food because I'm Filipino. You don't have to. Oh, no, I have to. You can admit it the is, Filipino it is, food. But it's my choice. No, I'm kidding. So, I'm okay, kidding. Filipino yeah. food. I'm going to get in trouble here. Filipino I like food. Filipino food. That was a joke. <laughs> Before I start getting, I already get enough. Never mind, I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> Japanese food. Okay. Chinese food. Thai food. It's all Asian. Yeah. Those are my four. Right, Joseph? 
I got a thumbs up from Joseph. Joseph nodded his head in, in agreement. <laughs> so, and no offense to my Italian friends, but the Italian is not one of my favorites. And that's another thing that people freak out when yeah. I say that I don't like Italian food. Mm. But then I've also learned, just like a Mai Tai, yeah. it's because I've... It's when I get good Italian food, it's great. Yeah. But when I get bad Italian food, it's horrible. You got a point. Well, have you um, have you watched any of David Chang shows at all? No. Well, you he slams Italian food quite hard. Does he? But I, I guess his point, and if you watch it, it's not necessarily that Italian food isn't that great. He is kind of making the point that there are, like, which you probably agree with based on your answers, there are a lot of good foods in the Asian culture and just take Chinese for a second and his point is like why is Chinese food always just considered cheap takeout food and Italian food gets all of this like exposure as fine dining yeah and so so I don't want to speak on his behalf but that's kind of his point and if you watch his shows he, he elaborates on that but again being that you like foods from all these different Asian cultures and not a big Italian food you probably would agree with its point of view well you know like there are things that just like, I don't prefer Italian food. I don't like the Beatles, and I hate gangster movies. <laughs> I don't even see how we're friends, dude. Well, I don't like the Beatles either. But. I was waiting. I was wondering how you were going to reply to that. <laughs> you like pizza, right? I like pizza. All right. Yeah. Well, pizza's Italian food. Yeah, you're right. You know, so the, which begs the question: When I go to an Italian restaurant, I don't really see pizza on the menu. Yeah, well... Am I wrong about that? It depends on what kind of place that you go to. But, like, for instance, all of your chain restaurants, like your uh, Olive Gardens and Johnny Carino's and Romano's and Carabas, yeah, most of those places don't serve pizza. That's not their thing. I guess that's like... like Flatbreads now. That's, like, the new... Like, hey, we're not going to serve pizza, but we'll do a real quick rustic kind of thing and call it an Italian... Flatbread. Flatbread, you know? A lot easier to do. I guess it's like when you go to a Korean restaurant. There's two kinds. Yeah. There's the hot pots, and then there's the Korean barbecue restaurants. Where you, there's more where than you two grill, for most cultures, when right? You we, grill on the table. Things. Like look at like look at Mexican food. You can go to like a really authentic, right? Mexican restaurant where you're going to have more of a meal. You know, with a variety of different Mexican sides and dishes that are more typical to certain regions like Oaxaca or Sonora or the Yucatan, but whatever. You know what? Yeah. And then you can end up in a place that's just your traditional American beans and rice with tortillas and pick your taco. Or then you can go to like a taqueria, which is going to, or a taco shop, which is going to be more street food, like, you know, like um, tacos, burritos, tortas. Right, you know? right. It's so not like that with Filipino food. You can't just food, say Mexican and say think. it's all going to be one thing. Is it like Italian? that, Joseph, with Filipino food? That there's like two diff- different styles? Like, for example, Japanese food, right? Yeah. You can go to a place that's a, it's a sushi restaurant. Sushi, right. Or it's all teppanyaki where they right. like cook or it ramen. on a grill in front of you. And that, so or it's completely different, but they're both Japanese. The or it's not like that with Filipino food, I don't think. Is there? There is? Probably in the Philippines, but it's probably not all enough right, here well. to really... Well, and I've and, never you know, I've never seen that. So many customers now want everything, though. It's like, you know, a Vietnamese place might not specialize in banh mi, so they might not have it. But now you get somebody saw banh mi on a food network, and they go into their pho place and start demanding banh mi. And in in Arizona, where I live, it's even weirder. It's like Asian 
um, foods are all mixed up into one restaurant. You go to a restaurant that serves sushi and orange chicken and Tom Yum soup, and I'm like, what the fuck are yeah, you? Tom like, Yum soup. Well, these are, you know, yeah, it's Asian, but these are all different cultures. How are you cooking all this? I just, when I see that, I get nervous. I think it can't be good. I love because me when, my when Tom you're Yum cooking soup. food from this many different cultures or cuisines in one under one roof just because it's under the banner of Asian, I doubt that you can really be good at any of them. You're doing too much. I, I, I agree with you there. I, I agree with you there. Although, I have been on cruises where, like, the Asian section has sushi That's and orange chicken and you got, like, Korean barbecue, there, like. and it's all good, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I agree, too. But then there's also a different expectation with buffets, right? You go to some buffets where it's pretty good, but if you paid a la carte for any of these items, I think you would be judging them a little bit more harshly. I agree with you. I agree with you on like, that. There's plenty of Chinese buffet that I've eaten at that's some of my favorites, but then I think would I really pay 12 bucks for a quart of that or something like, you know, like, is it good just because it's all you could eat? Yeah. Or is it maybe not good just because of that? It's going to be good anyways, but do we give it a break? We elevate it. We get, say, okay, we're not, our expectations aren't as high right. because we didn't pay a la carte. We know someone didn't cook it specifically for us. We just served it out of a pan. Right, right. Okay, so we talked about what we're talking about. This is, we talked about travel. We've talked about travel. How about um, your Mount Rushmore of comedians? Oh, snap. Okay. This one's going to be tough. Right off the top of my head. I'm just going to throw these out there off the top of my head. Okay. I like Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I mean, he calls himself the GOAT, so <laughs> it's kind of um, hard. These days, who I think has been really, really friggin' funny is Joe Coy. Yeah. Well, of course. You're He's, Filipino. Yeah, I'm Filipino, yeah. <laughs> um... Shoot! Now I gotta dig dig deep in the crates. Um, throw some names out there. I think Kinnison was pretty good. I liked Kinnison. Well, I mean, mine is pretty typical of most people enjoy comedy. I said George Carlin and and Richard Pryor are both right huge influences on a lot of the comedians out today, and even myself. Like when I uh, first started watching comedy. You know, back before Netflix gave everybody a comedy show, it was a pretty rare thing for a comedian to actually have a, a show, a special. Right, and right. HBO was kind of the only game in town, but there were, you know, there was a VHS section. Again, there's my, my, at the Blockbuster videos, right. or more in one of the mom and pop spots. And I used to rent the Richard Pryor videos. Then I remember I've talked to my uncles that are old schooler than me. They're like, we used to listen to Cheech and Chong records. I'm like, records? I thought I was old school with my VHS. Like, Guys used to sit down and listen to comedy records. Oh, I remember records. comedy records. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and there's prior records out there too. I I have them now that I, I'm older and I've gotten went back and bought some of that stuff. But yeah, for sure, Carlin and Pryor, and then I guess into a into today's era, I'm a big uh, I'm a big Doug Stanhope fan. Oh, I think yeah, I've talked yeah, to you. you I just saw him recently. You I talked to me about seen Stan him five Hope. or six times. And yeah, I'm not I know, really uh, a Stanhope. I know guy. he's kind of canceled, but I, I still love Louis C.K. Those are okay. probably my top four. Been I like Tom, Tom Segura. Segura. I think lately. Tom Segura yeah, is pretty fucking hilarious. Because his his humor is the kind of humor that you and I 
the, he's like the kind of guy we hang out with. Yeah, he could be the fourth seat right here, and no, my, it my fourth be that seat. Much different. My fourth seat is saved for a very special person. I meant the fourth seat in the car. I mean, that's how oh, like, fourth seat in the Tom car. Segura could be sitting here, and you, right. just vibe with with our. Uh, yeah, Tom Segura is probably one of my favorites, um, especially the stuff that we talk about when we're not recording. But my favorite, my, my favorite, does this, are we on our four? Did we get our four already? Uh, I got four. Okay, so this is my fourth slot. And I'm going to wrap our episode here, reaching an hour. So okay, I'm going to wow. wrap up our That's episode quick. here with my fourth slot, the one and only Boris Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Boris. Shout out to our boy Boris, our favorite fourth slot comedian <laughs> fourth slot comedian yeah make sure he's fourth yeah too. he's like, fourth he just slid in there he's yeah he might even slide into the alternate if we find another fourth slot but uh, there we go shout out to our friend boris hamilton thanks for listening everybody to our mount rushmore episode if you guys have a mount rushmore topic that you'd like for us to discuss or that you'd like to share, put it in the comments below and let us know. Yeah, we need better topics. We need better topics. Our <laughs> <laughs> uh, topics weren't great, but we did what we had. What we, what we we, had. Yeah, yeah, with what we're working with. Hey, we're, we're running on fractional sleep. Fractional sleep. And I think we've been on the road longer than we slept last night. Yeah. Right? Uh, Would you absolutely. Say? Oh, for sure. And we, we are, we've ate... Lengua burritos off a truck off the side of the road. Off the side of the road the in the middle of nowhere. And and, and we're still and we're still doing a bar crawl tonight. Yep. So there we go. So thanks for listening everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, give us a like. And you know, we have a YouTube channel too. If you want to follow our adventures, youtube.com slash Polynesian Pop. Check out our website, DesertOasisRoom.com for previous episodes. And until next time, cheers and aloha. Cheers, aloha. Mm-hmm.